be honest, how many unmatched, semi-broken, missing lids, have no purpose containers do you own? I bet there is at least one container in your possession that is creating clutter instead of solving the problem you thought it was going to fix. Am I a little bit right? Yeah, it happens. I have a bunch of them too. But here's the thing. For today's episode, we are focusing on step number five of organizing, which is the contain step. And we all have those containers that we have outgrown, but also that we buy without thinking about the purpose of that container. And so through time, it starts to collect dust or it creates more of a problem than helping you solve the intention that you purchased that container for. So that's what we're focusing on for today's episode. Here we go. Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. As a quick recap, every few episodes, we are focusing on each of the steps of our seven steps of organizing almost anything. There is an episode that outlines all of them, which I will link in the show notes, and we are going deeper into each of them, remember? So there's one that has the overview, and then we have already outlined steps one, two, three, and four in detail, and this one is for step five. As a reminder, step one should always start first, but then steps two through five's order will vary depending on your end goal. I talk about this in our overview episode, but basically your end goal will determine whether you do the sort step, the declutter step, the find a home step, or this one first. So for example, if your goal is that you are moving in two weeks and need to declutter as much as possible, so you're only packing what you need, then step three, declutter, may come first for you, or maybe step two, which is the sort step, then do number three, which is declutter. So, you know, you first go, first sort everything, and then declutter after that, and then pack it, and then, which is the container, find a home, etc. You wouldn't start with the container step or find a home step because it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't get you to your end goal. You will at some point though, but not it's not a priority. So all of the steps will be covered at some point, but steps two through five may vary in their order depending on your end goal. Another example is if your goal is to create a visibly pleasing area, like a pantry, a closet, a file cabinet, maybe your desktop on your computer, then the container step, the one we're covering today, will come first because your end goal is to have it be visually pleasing and you need to find the containers that will fit that goal for you. So you'll need to measure, figure out what containers are available. Um, basically, it's the des- it's like the design step. But when you do that, then if you're starting with this step first, then everything comes after that. So you're designing for, you're not designing for the items. The items will fit into the design if that makes sense. So that is what we're focusing on today. Now, is there a right way to do all of these steps? Not at all. We put them in a numbered order that that is traditional. That is usually how we do organizing, and those are the steps we tend to follow for most typical jobs, most typical organizing journeys. But no, not at all. Again, if you are more into the visually pleasing part of it, and that's what you want your items and your space to fit into, then you are going to start there. So not at all. 
feel free to interchange these steps, no right or wrong. We just happen to put them in this order, which is the most traditional way of organizing. So why is it so important to contain the items and find a container type of area for your items, which is very different than finding a home for your items. Finding a home means finding a place where it would live, the place, the area. So are the, is this grouping of items, will they be living in a play area, in the basement, in the attic, in your kitchen? That is finding a home. The container part is all about boundaries. It's all about this is the air, this is the actual container it will live in and it will not spill over that. And if it is, then you need to find a different container that will then grow with whatever your uh, items are. Look, we are not only minimalist here at the Organized Flamingo. We embrace all types of organizing journeys and, and types of people because, yeah, for some people, you can have a container and anything that spills over that then should, you know, should be thrown away or donated or sold or whatever, only keep it to that container. Sure, that is absolutely a great strategy, especially if your space is limited and or if you get overwhelmed by a lot of stuff. Absolutely. But that's not for everyone. Some of you may be, maybe it's with your business and you're, you're growing and now your inventory is growing with you. And that means that your container needs to grow with you. So there are many, many times when your container will need to evolve. And that's the word we like to use. We like to use the words, the container are your boundaries, but it may have to evolve with you. It may get bigger, it may get smaller. And so that is why this is its own step and why we it's so important to figure out what is the right container for your space. So before purchasing or acquiring bins just because you can or baskets or boxes, let's just make sure that you are evaluating kind of the quality, like the quantity and, and the size of the items that are going in there, right? So that's, that's kind of the first step that I would take is first figure out what should be going in there. Now, if you're doing these in order, then you now know that maybe let's talk about writing utensils, like all your pencils and pens and markers, right? Let's say that those are now going to officially live in your office. And now you have designated that they're all going to live there, except for the occasional one or two that lives, you know, next in the next to your bed in a drawer in case you need one. But for the most part, your writing utensils now live in your office. So if that's the case, that's the home. And then you will find a container. Is it going to live in a jar? Is it like a you know, do you want to put them in a jar? Do you want to put them in a box? Do you want to put like, where are you going to contain them? And then within that container, that's the boundaries of the items. So that it, when it starts to spill over, you need to now figure out or assess or evaluate if it's worth going bigger. Do you maybe need to go smaller? What we find is for many people, when they put them in a container, they realize how many of that item they have, and then they realize that they don't even use most of them. And so then they start to declutter or let go and get rid of a lot of them. And so now their container has now shrunk because they realize that they don't even need that many. So sometimes your container will get smaller in the, evol in, in the evolving process. 
Containers are also really good and important for setting, like I said, boundaries, right? And so it's a reminder of, okay, I have to stick to this area because that is the only area that I have. This is especially important for two cat for two types of people or two types of chapter in your, chapters in your life. One, if you are in a an in between uh, living situation or you're moving around a lot, where if you acquire too many things, it's going to get very difficult to keep moving them around because now you have to pay the movers more or it's more effort on you, and so you don't you, you don't want that. So that is an example of okay, this container has to be like this is the only area in container that I am keeping napkins. So we're doing, let's go back to the kitchen. Um, for some people, they start acquiring like paper plates and utensils and like uh, paper straws and all of these things that they acquire from restaurants and things like that. And then they start to overflow. So a container is perfect for those instances where I have to keep it to this area. And if I, if, if it overflows, then it's time to let it go because when I move, it's going to get heavy. I'm not going to use it all. They're going to be expired. They're going to get old. So there's no point. Okay. So those are the examples of the boundaries that a container will allow you to have. It, within this boundary section and discussion that we're talking about, uh, one of the, the pros, one of the outcomes of setting boundaries is that then when you know where things are, the home and the container, you easily can retrieve those items and access them uh, because you start to recognize that, oh, it's in the wicker basket, in the bathroom, and then you just kind of know where it is. Visually, you can explain it to somebody else, and but also visually for your own self, you just know where to go because you, you know what it looks like and you can visualize the space where the item is at, making it much quicker for you to go get something and find it, which is very important. And one of the biggest purposes of why we want to stay organized so that you can quickly access and get the things you need when you need them. Okay, so let's go into the fun part for a lot of us, which is choosing containers. And so this is a really fun part because, you know, it's just visually so appealing and fun, uh, especially at the stores that tend to sell them, those stores that just make all of these really cool bins like stack up and they're just so pretty. So for a lot of us, this is a really fun part. Us, I say, because this is one of my most favorite parts. I love shopping for containers. Um, and so let's get to this, this part. So here are some of my tips on selecting suitable containers based on the, um, your storage needs and your space air and area. First is figure out the temperature. That is probably my number one tip. Find, figure out what temperature the items that will go in there um, will be better stored under. So for instance, if you are for the kitchen, so most kitchen items, um, let's say food and things like that, those containers are going to look a little different than the, than the items and containers in your garage. Why? Because if you're storing, so let's even talk about like the refrigerator, those storage containers that go into your freezer and, and refrigerator are temp temperature resistant to cold um, and, it, and vice versa, sometimes with hot because it is living in a fridge, right? So those containers, you will need to make sure that they can be stored in a refrigerator. You wouldn't want to put something that maybe breaks um, or gets cracks under 
cold and pressure because then, you know, it'll ruin your food, et cetera, et cetera. So that's an example. Another example is either a garage or basement that is not insulated or that has very high temperatures and very low temperatures, winter, summer, and it, it just goes up and down very quickly. Um, you won't want to have a container that melts or that is toxic to the items that you're storing because of the temperature change. Another example is if for your bathroom, you, know, you, you will want to have containers that can sustain um, water or humidity because that is where typically you will have, you know, you're running shower and you have um, that humidity and the wetness, like the, the particles and the water particles that are in your stuff. So you will want to make sure that that container can sustain the temperature that it's being stored in and what you're storing in it. Another example for this is uh, paint or spray spray paint or things that like aerosols types, um, hairspray. Some people will put them in a container and they forget that when heat rises or if it's not stored properly, it can leak. When you open that container, it is just, oh, it's potent. It will punch you in the face with the smell. It's also very toxic. So those are the things that I want you to consider when choosing the appropriate container for the area. So remember, temperature, where are you storing it? Can it sustain that temperature that is natural to that room? And the items that are being stored in it, will it be safe? Is it appropriate to be storing it in that container? The next thing I want you to think about when choosing an appropriate container is the weight of the container. So this goes for the smallest of the containers that goes in your drawers to the biggest. The, the ones that go in your garage, and even the ones in your digital space, which I will explain in just a second. But let's go back to physical containers. So if you are, for instance, putting that box, those items on a shelf, and the shelf has a certain weight limit, you won't want to get a container or a box that is too heavy because that adds to the weight. So maybe in that space, you will want to get more of an airy type, of, like an airy or a basket, lighter type of container for that space. Same thing for if it's in the garage. If you're going to be stacking them up against each other, up on top of each other, then you will want to get stackable containers that can hold that weight so it doesn't crack. If we're talking about your digital space, this obviously is a little bit not as predominant for you because there is no quote-unquote weight of the container, but you will want to figure out how much space you have in your desktop or the area that you're storing so that you don't go too deep into your folders, which is what the containers are in the digital space. In the digital space, like your desktop, those are like folders, those are containers. Those are the things that are holding the data that the things that we have. So even though you're not thinking about weight per se, you are thinking about size. So do you want to keep adding additional size to your uh, file structure? And do you have the ability to um, file to store all of those documents and all of those files? Which nowadays, quite frankly, if I'm being honest, I talked about this when we talked about the digital organizing in the digital organizing episode. Um, in today's age, we just have so much more data available to us, um, the space that's available to us. So it's not so much a priority like it used to be where before you had to be a little bit more conscientious about how you stored your files and that you didn't keep adding data to it because you were limited on size. But so nowadays, not so much. And for the last thing I want you to consider is the location. Where is this container going to live? 
If the container is a dust magnet, for instance, and you have it out by the open window and you hate to dust, it's probably not right for you. Let me give you an example. Um, many of you and you know people that I work with love the cloth type of uh, baskets, especially for your living room. It, it kind of adds that softness to a room. Great, love them. The problem is, is that speaking of dust, they are a little bit of a dust magnet slash if they get dirty, they're not that easy to clean per se, unless you know you have the right tools or you're a good like spot cleaner type of person. But if you're not, you can't just put these in a washing machine. They're too big or maybe too bulky for most for the most part. So maybe that container is not the right one for all of your uh, pillows or your decorative blankets that you have around. Maybe that's the one that where you put all your you know your blankets. Uh, great, it's cute. But if that container is always getting dirty and you have no way of cleaning it or you don't often, then maybe that container is not right for you. Same thing with the, if you have a location where, or the place where you're putting this container is always getting wet and the bottom is, you know, it's going to be absorbing the moisture of that area. This is especially true for outside playrooms, um, you know, where you, maybe you put like all of your patio furniture or patio stuff. If that container item, bin, chest, whatever you're putting all of your outside stuff in is not appropriate for being outside, then you might want to get a different one. So think about where you're putting the location. What are the elements of the location? Like I talked about a little bit in the first tip, which is finding the uh, material and the temperature where you're going to be putting it. So similar to that tip. So here, just think about where you're going to be putting it so that the container can sustain the area that it's going to live in. Something else that I want you to think about is optimizing the storage space that these containers are going to go into. What that means is secondary through to the three tips I just gave you, after you pick what kind of container based on the temperature, the material, and the weight, and all that that I just gave you, think about the space that it's going into as far as is it a tall vertical space? Is it a shorter space? That is also going to play into the type of container you get. Now, the reason that I'm saying it's secondary to the three tips that I just gave you is because for many of you, the location of that of the items of the container may not be permanent. So I don't want you to overthink it because you you might move that or you may redesign that space. So I don't want you to put too much effort into into making the container fit perfectly to that space or designing it to that space. Now again, if your priority is to visually enhance that particular space and the container has to fit perfectly to that space, then of course, that's a different goal and that is going to be your number one goal. But for the most of us, the container should be optimal for the space, but it's not the number one priority. Because again, you might move, you might take it somewhere else, you you know, you know, may outgrow that space eventually. So that's a secondary thing to think about. Some of the tips that I can give you to optimize storage space is utilizing vertical. We don't go up many times. We don't even think about the walls, the vertical space. So think about, can I utilize the top portion of my space? Another space that goes underutilized is the back of doors, corners, 
those often just get ignored because they're they're not the first thing that you think about, but those are also places that you can place a container. Um, also using attachments like hooks and racks. We don't often think about those as containers, but they are like shelves. Those are also containers. It's a home, but it's also a container because it contains and you can put the stuff on top. So it's not always a basket or like a bowl type of shaped item that has, you know, that can hold your things. Um, it could also be a flat place that is considered a container. Something else that we don't think about is nesting containers. Those are always very handy, especially if you live in a smaller space or if, you know, like RVing, RVing solutions, tiny homes, or even traveling, because when they can nest together, then you store the items when you need it, but then you can also, when you're, they're not being utilized, the containers are not being utilized, they can nest amongst each other. And so that's something that goes underutilized nesting type of containers. When you're traveling, let me tell you something that is a misconception. So, you know those packing cubes that are out there? I have a pot, I have a post that I will put on the show notes um, up, that I did about traveling, nesting in cube containers, right? Like those, the ones that packing containers that you sip up. So there's a misconception about these types of cubes is that they're supposed to save space and they do, but they're not utilized correctly. People think that all packing cubes are made the same and they're not. There are different types of packing cubes. Some are going to be the type that compress the items that you're trying to pack, especially clothing and fabrics and things like that. So they come with like a couple of zippers so that you can compress it as much as possible kind of similar to the vacuum sealed bags but more you know you don't need a vacuum for in the system so it they they will come with several zippers and then you can just get it as you can take the air out as much as possible and compress it as much as possible to save space in your luggage but not all packing cubes have that compression and some of the least expensive ones you know the ones that you may get at, um, at your local um, big store that they're very fashionable some people think that those will save you space and they could they potentially could but there, those are going to be more just to keep your items separated and organized which you may need but it's missed opportunity or a misconception to think that all packing cubes are going to help you save room in your luggage. And that's not the case. If you truly are trying to compress and get the most amount of items in a luggage, you will need compression type of packing cubes. And so that's what I mean about not all containers being the same. Um, and that goes kind of under the same category of think about those things when you are purchasing a container because, well, they're not all the same. Well, there you have it. Step five of the seven steps of organizing almost anything. As a quick recap, remember, think about the temperature, the material. What does the container need to be made out of so that the items that you are storing and where you're storing it can benefit your items and it actually can help you not ruin the things that are inside too is the weight of this container because it'll depend on where it's going. Can they be stacked? and all that good stuff. So think about the weight. The third is the location. Where will it be stored? That plays a big role in a big deciding factor over what kind of container you should get. And as a bonus and just secondary to think about is 
where is like what kind of space are you working with can it fit into the space as best as possible but don't overthink that particular tip because you may move and you want to be able to bring your containers with you you don't want to be buying new containers every time you move so that's kind of like a bonus tip that i give not necessarily a priority and also remember that the container step is all about boundaries this is supposed to be the part where this container is helping you, not making more work for you. It's supposed to be the place where it reminds you that this is the area that you're sticking to so that you don't overflow, but it's also supposed to evolve with your needs. So make sure that the container is not something you're just buying just because it's cute, it's pretty, that it's actually serving a purpose for you, okay? So that is step five. We will be back next week with a brand new episode and throughout the weeks, we will continue with step six and seven. But if you want to get a, an overview, don't forget in the show notes, we have the overview of all the seven steps of organizing almost anything. And then over on our online shop, which is the organized flamingo.shop, you can also find our different organizing and productivity and decluttering guides, which also walk you through all of these steps. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing. Happy organizing.